0: Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags.
1: And now, Mystery Theater, brought
2: to you in part by True Value Hardware, your store of first choice.
1: Men. Welcome. I am E. G. Marshall. The world, it is said, has changed over the centuries, but people have not. Perhaps this is because all too often the human heart is more intent on seeking its own pleasure, satisfying its own selfish needs, than giving thought to others. But there is innocence too, and love, and selflessness. And it is the interplay of these good and evil forces that form the warp and woof of the strange and horrifying tale I bring you now. Listen.
3: Oh, Murray, I tell you, it was Chris. I talked to him. Chris is alive.
1: Andrea, Chris is (laughs) dead.
3: No. Whoever is buried in that grave, it isn't Chris. (laughs)
1: Mystery drama, My Sister, Death, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by George Lothar and stars Paul Hecht and Beatrice Strait. Come with me now to a cemetery near New York City. It is late afternoon. An afternoon of gloom and drizzle and cold, damp fog. Two women, half shrouded in the fog, walk amongst headstones that rise like white bones in the gray of the afternoon. They are sisters, these two, Andrea and Sybil Carter, and they are walking toward a certain grave.
3: Really, Andrea, it seems to me we could have skipped visiting Chris's grave today. You needn't have come if you didn't want to, Sybil. When we buried our brother two weeks ago, I vowed to visit him every day. That's what I'm doing. But you can't go on doing this the rest of your life. Even Murray has asked you to be reasonable about it. Yes. come once a week, he says, or once a month. Well, you know what that would lead to. Coming not at all. No. I love Chris more than anyone else in the world, and I'm... Who's that? What? Someone... A man, standing beside Chris's grave, I can just make him out in the fog. I don't see. Oh yes, a man standing with his head bent, as as if he were praying. Shh. He's raising his head. He's turning towards us. He.
0: Zebul. Oh, Sebel. oh Sebel, My God! Oh, my God! It's Chris. Oh,
3: Andrea, don't be silly. It couldn't possibly be. Yes. Andrea! Oh, Murray, come in.
2: (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't come the minute I got your call, Sybil.
3: Oh, that's all right, Murray. I know how busy your law practice keeps you.
2: (laughs) Your estate, you mean, yours and Andrea's. Chris's death has raised all sorts of tax problems.
3: I'm afraid his death has raised more problems than that.
2: Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, what is this all about? I told you on the phone. You didn't really tell me what I thought I heard.
3: Andrea is convinced she saw Chris. Saw him today in the cemetery, standing beside his own grave. Oh,
2: come on, Sybil. What kind of nonsense is
3: Murray, please. I'm telling you the truth.
2: Where is Andrea?
3: In her bedroom, sleeping. Dr. Swanson gave her a strong sedative. Murray, she was in such a state, so hysterical.
2: Look, let me get this straight. You and she went to Chris's grave this afternoon? Yes,
3: yes we were walking toward the grave when we noticed a man standing beside it
2: and there was a man
3: oh yes I saw him too he was standing beside the grave with his head bent as if he was saying a prayer or meditating or something I had just said I wondered who he could be when he raised his head and turned towards us that was when Andrea started to scream it's Chris it's Chris and then she just fainted, went out cold
2: who was the man I don't know. Well, what do you mean, you don't know? You didn't see his face? You didn't talk to him?
3: It was a foggy day, Murray. It's been foggy all day, and out there at the cemetery, it was very foggy. I could barely see his face. And so, if it comes to that, neither could Andrea.
2: Well, this is the strangest thing I've ever... Tell me, has Andrea had any other brainstorms like this one? Well, has she?
3: Well, Murray, I...
2: Now, look, sweetie, I'm your attorney, yours and Andrea's. If something not quite right is happening, you can tell me. In fact, you'd better tell me.
3: Oh, Murray. You're more than just our lawyer, you know that. It's no secret that Andrea's in love with you. And, <laughs> and that I am, too.
2: And that I'm in love with both of you and can't make up my mind between you. But what has that to do with...
3: It? Oh, she'll pull herself together sooner or later and straighten out. Chris's death was a terrible blow to her, that's all.
2: It was a blow to you, too, wasn't it?
3: More than a blow, Murray. A puzzle. I still can't figure out how he could have fallen over a railing nearly chest high. Eighteen stories to the street below.
2: Frankly, I keep wondering about that, too. But about Andrea now...
3: Marie, the truth is she's been acting very strangely.
2: What do you mean, strangely?
3: Well, imagining things. Like Chris this afternoon and... Well, a few days we went shopping downtown. And I took the Bentley... When we went back to the parking lot to get it, Andrea looked shocked when the attendant brought it around. Why shocked? Well, she swore up and down that we'd driven into town in the Jaguar. (laughs) That's crazy. Murray, please don't say that. Don't even use that word. Something even stranger happened last night. What? Well, we'd had dinner here in the apartment. And Andrea said she was going to walk down to the corner to mail a letter and get a breath of fresh air. I stayed at the table having another cup of coffee. Well, when she came back from mailing the letter. <laughs> you couldn't have gotten much fresh air in that shorter time. Fresh air? What are you talking about? What is all this? What's all what? Well, the table. The food, the dirty dishes. What do you think it is? I'm asking you. What is this? Oh, it's what's usually left after two people have had dinner. What two people? Oh, Andrea, come on Will now. Will you answer me? What do you want me to say? We had dinner. You went out to mail a letter and get a breath of... Andrea, what's the matter? We did not have dinner here. We didn't? We had it at Delahanty's. I see, just like we used the Jag instead of the Bentley the other day. Now, what kind of a crack is that? No crack. Andrea, no crack. All I'm saying is you're imagining things again. I did not imagine the Jaguar. I am not imagining this. You and I had dinner at Del Delahanty's, not here. In that case, Andrea, where have you just come from? Come from? You went out to mail a letter and get a breath of fresh air. You said you just came back. You just now walked through the door. If that doesn't prove... You're forgetting the earring. What earring? What earring? Here, look. You can see for yourself I've only got one earring on. Well, you must have dropped it when you... That's exactly what I said less than 15 minutes ago. When we got home from Delahanty's and we getting out of the car, I said, Sib, I've lost an earring. One that's from that jade pair that Murray gave me for my birthday. I said I wanted to search the car. And that's what I've been doing. I haven't been out mailing any letters. I've been searching in the car for that jade earring. David. Don't look at me as if I've lost my senses. You know, I'm beginning to be afraid you have. I tell you, Sybil... If Cibble, we had dinner at Delahanty's, what is all that's food and these plates and everything else doing on this table? I don't know. Well, darling, I do. We had dinner here. No. I'm, I'm certain we couldn't have. What are you going to do? I'm going to call Del Delahanty. He saw us there tonight. He came over to our table and chatted with us. We'll soon see whether we dined there or we didn't. Andrea, dear, please. You're simply going to embarrass yourself.
0: Delahantys.
3: Odell, oh, Del, is that you?
0: Yes, who's this?
3: Andrea Carter, Del.
2: Nice to have you, Miss Carter. Calling for a reservation? What? We're pretty full up, Miss Carter, but I'm sure I can arrange something. If Del! You... Yeah?
3: Del, uh, my sister and I, didn't we have dinner at your place tonight?
2: You put me on, Miss Carter.
3: We didn't dine there tonight?
2: Well, if you did, I didn't
0: see you.
3: Thank you, Del. He says we weren't there tonight. Darling, we weren't. Then I did imagine it all? Afraid you did, yes. But it was all so real. Oh, Sybil. Sybil, I'm going out of my mind. And I had a real rough time with her then, too. Believe me, Murray. She was simply beside herself. Yeah.
2: A Jaguar. This business of Delahanty's, and now today, imagining she saw Chris at his own grave.
3: Murray, you don't think she's well? You know.
2: I don't know. Grief hits some people like a sledgehammer, belts them so hard they never recover. Trouble is.
3: Yes. Trouble is.
2: <laughs> Andrea isn't that kind of people. Mr. Redmond. Hello, Dell. Nice to have a future New York D.A. at my bar again. (laughs) That'll be the day. (laughs) That I make a district attorney, I mean. Uh, Me? I'd bet on it. Drink okay? Perfect. Long time no see. You've been busy, I guess, eh? Very. You too. I see Delahanty's is just as crowded as ever. I got no complaints. Carriage trade mostly. People that wouldn't go anywhere else but Delahanty's to dine and dance or just have a drink at a bar. Or gamble. How is that? Gambling does go on in the back room, doesn't it? Where'd you get an idea like that, Mr. Edmond? Oh, I have ways. If I'm going to help you win your bet and become DA someday. I got to keep on top of things, wouldn't you say, Dell? Yeah. Well, nice having you with us again, Mr. Edmund. Hope to see more of you. Yeah. Um, before you go, Dell, yeah? a friend of mine, a lady friend, mentioned she thought she'd lost an earring here one night. An earring? Yeah, a jade earring. Would you know something about it, maybe? No, but we keep a lost and found box right behind the bar. Eddie, uh, give me the lost and found box, will you? It was lost here, Mr. Redmond, and we picked it up. It's sure to be... Well, thanks, Eddie. There we are. I see. Gold cigarette lighter. (laughs)
0: Look
2: at them rings of dames. Leave them in the powder room. Money clip. Oh, here. An earring. This what you're looking for, Mr. Redmond? Yeah, yeah, this is exactly what I'm looking for, Dell. <laughs> well, hey, I, I look on your face. You look like you found a lot more than an earring. I have, Dell. I have.
1: Murray Redman has indeed found more than just Andrea Carter's earring. He has also found that she didn't imagine dining at Delahanty's. Nor then, in all likelihood, did she imagine driving into town in the Jaguar. The Jaguar which unaccountably turned into a Bentley. But as for imagining or not imagining her dead brother standing beside his own grave, well, we'll get closer to the answer to that when I return in a few moments with Act Two. told that the proper study of man is man. Personally, I prefer to study women. Whether I did or not, I'm sure that had I been handsome young attorney Murray Redman, unable to decide which of two wealthy sisters I wanted to marry, I'd have been absolutely intrigued by the curious circumstances which now seem to attend them. I'm not sure, however, that I'd have adopted Murray's direct approach. Sybil
2: is either trying to drive you crazy, Andrea, or she's setting you up for commitment to a sanitarium.
3: I can't believe this, Murray. Here's
2: the earring to prove it.
3: But isn't it possible that somebody else lost an earring at Delahanty's? It's a duplicate of mine. My... Okay, okay.
2: It isn't. Oh,
3: Murray, I can't believe it.
2: That... What you're saying is you don't want to believe it. I don't either, but facts are facts. You and Sybil did have dinner at Handy's last night. She arranged things to make it look as if you'd dined here. And face it, Andrea, if you hadn't lost the earring, and I hadn't picked it up at Delahanty's right at this minute, you'd think you were going off your rocker. And frankly, so would I.
3: Well, it was clever of you to check for the earring at Del's. Well,
2: I'm a pretty smart fellow, you know. <laughs> smart enough, anyhow, to smell a rat when I come across it. Like this dinner business or the car nonsense or Chris standing beside his own grave. Yeah, and I might as well tell you now, Andrea, I don't believe Chris's death was accidental. Murray. No one could have fallen over that railing. Fallen off accidentally, yeah. If he'd been sitting on the railing, even taken his own life if it comes to that. Now, personally, I think he was pushed.
3: Murray, do you realize you're accusing Sybil of murder? I do and of trying to make it look as if I'm crazy. Yeah. Well, why? Why would she do anything like that?
2: Do you really want me to answer
0: that? No.
3: I suppose not. If what you say is true, and it isn't, the answer could be that Sybil wanted to get control of all our money. And me. You?
2: To lay it on the line, Andrea. She's in love with me.
3: So am I. For... What else isn't you? Well,
2: there you have it. With you out of the way, Sybil would have, or think she'd have, a clear field.
3: I I just don't know what to say or do.
2: Well, the thing to do, at least for the moment, is simply well, simply to play along. You see, what I want is to get enough evidence against Sybil to nail the truth and her to the wall.
3: You know, what? I'm simply dumbfounded. Oh, it can't be true, Murray. It simply can't.
2: We all have more than one side or sides we usually conceal.
3: Yes, I know. It. But...
2: Oh. Well, what's the matter, Andrea? What is it?
3: That painting on the wall there. Yeah, what about it? Well, you've seen it before. Look at it.
2: I'm looking at it. So what? Three children playing on a the lawn.
3: There were always four.
2: Four, four kids? I mean, are you sure?
3: Well, I'm positive. There were two boys and two girls, and now there are two girls, but only one boy. Murray, this isn't another of sipples. we'll,
2: we'll uh... soon find out. Let's just have a close look at the painting. Well? No. No, I don't see... Wait a minute. Sure. Sure. Oh, man, what a skillful job. Yeah, of painting out the figure of the second boy. Here, here, see for yourself. (laughs) You'd never know that figure had been painted out if you didn't look closely, very closely. (gasps) You you see?
0: Well, yes.
3: My God, it is true then that Sybil is...
2: I'm afraid so, Andrea. However you look at it, Sybil is guilty, guilty as sin. All I've got to do is prove it. get the hell out of my office, Redmond, or I'll throw you out. Cool it, Dell. Just cool it. Cool it? You come in here and call me crooked, accuse me of pulling some kind of fraud, and then tell me to cool it? All right, let's say I advise you to cool it. Look at this. The earring you picked up here last night. What about it? It belongs to Andrea Carter. It's one of a pair I gave her. She lost it out there in the restaurant while she was having dinner with her sister. The dinner you said never took place. I said... Andrea phoned you last night to ask if she and Sybil had dinner here. You said they hadn't. You lied, Dell. Now, why did you lie, huh? <sighs> okay. Okay, so I played a little joke. Somehow it doesn't strike me so funny. I'll tell you what does, though. Why, you and Sybil Carter teamed up to play this little, uh, joke. On Andrea. Teamed up, me and Sybil Carter. What else? Look, Dell, take a lawyer's advice. Open up. Spill everything. And do it now. Cop a plea? Like that? Something like that. (sighs) Chris. Chris Carter, the brother. Yeah. He was into me for over twelve grand. He gambled like it was going out of style and always lost. Go on. So he falls off the terrace of their apartment and gets killed. Mm-hmm. I'm out 12 grand. I call up the Carters and I get the civil dame on the phone. I tell her how I'm out a dozen big ones and she tells me to drop dead. Oh. But the next day, she shows up here and says she'll pay the dough if I'll help her play a, a little joke on her sister. Pretty expensive joke, wouldn't you say? I didn't say anything... If she's willing to get me off the pad for 12 grand, I'm willing to help her play her joke. So where's the harm in that? Who gets hurt? Worse than hurt, Dell. Somebody could get dead. Real dead.
3: Dell broke down and told her the whole story. Just like that?
2: It surprised even me. I guess he's not as tough as he looks. More acts. Fact is, though, that... That earring of yours stopped him cold. I had him dead to rights, and he knew it. Murray. Yeah?
3: I want to face Sybil with this. Face her right now.
2: Uh-uh. She's bound to try another trick, and probably soon. And that could be the one that hangs her.
3: If it weren't for you. Oh, Murray. I'd be out of my mind. I'd be stark raving mad this minute.
2: No, you wouldn't. Yeah, no, you're too level-headed for that. Oh. Well, forewarned is forearmed. You know what Sybil's up to? We both do. So she can't win, Andrea.
3: Murray, when this is over, let's get married.
2: Oh. I couldn't make up my mind which one of you I wanted for a wife, but I guess I can now, Andrea. Andrea, I definitely can now. Oh, of course, Marcia. Send her in. Oh, come in, Sybil. Come in.
3: I know I'm interrupting you. It's something important.
2: (laughs) You are, but you're worth it. Here, sit down. Thank you. How's Andrea?
3: She's my reason for being here, Murray. Well,
2: what do you want to tell me?
3: Murray, I'm worried about Andrea. Terribly worried.
2: You mean her nervous attacks?
3: Well, they're more than that, I'm afraid. What you call nervous attacks seem more like delusions to me. I'm beginning to think that she is on the verge of insanity.
2: Has something else happened?
3: Yes. There's a picture on the wall of the living room. A painting of three children playing on a lawn. Yeah? Andrea swears that there were four children in the picture, not just three.
2: Or were there? Four children in the picture, I mean.
3: Well, of course not.
2: There were always three. Well, yes. You don't sound
3: too sure. What I'm trying to say is, well, I couldn't swear in a court of law that there were always three children in the painting. Well, you know how we look at things after a while without really seeing them. What I am saying is that if there are three children in the painting now, then there must have always been three, not four. Makes sense. Which Andrea's saying that there were four doesn't. Hmm. That, combined with everything else that's happened since Chris died, has got me worried.
2: It's something to worry about.
3: So what I came to ask you. Do you think I ought to get her to consult a psychiatrist?
2: Might be a good idea.
3: Would there be any danger in it? Danger? Well, I mean, if she went to a psychiatrist and he discovered that she was... seriously ill. I mean, really insane. Would she be committed or something like that? Well,
2: it depends. On what? First of all, whether she was dangerous to herself, others... If he felt that she was, he'd certainly recommend placing her in a sanitarium where she could be cared for and perhaps, in time, cured. If that was to happen, if he made that decision, you'd have to sign papers of commitment. Oh. Would you?
3: I don't suppose I'd have any choice, would I? Oh, there's
2: always a choice.
3: Another thing. If anything like that were to happen... What about the estate?
2: Uh, You know as well as I do, Sybil, that you'd be in complete control.
3: Well, no, I didn't know.
2: Your father's will divided his fortune equally among the three of you. You, Andrea, Chris. You and Andrea came into Chris's share when he died several weeks ago. If you signed papers certifying Andrea as insane, she would be declared incompetent to handle her affairs and, as next of kin, you'd take over for her. You didn't know that?
0: As I said, I...
3: I don't know much, if anything, about these things. That's why I came to see you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, now you know... Uh... Oh, uh, sorry. Excuse me, Sybil. Uh Yes, Marcia. Oh, yeah. Put her through. Murray. Murray.
0: Come quickly, please.
2: Andrea, what is it? What happened? I can't
0: talk. I can't talk. Murray. Yeah. Please.
2: God. Andrea, where are you? Oh. Okay, I'm on my way.
0: <laughs>
2: Andrea, you've got to get control of yourself.
3: What is it, dear? What happened? I went to the cemetery to visit Chris's grave.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know that.
3: A man a man was standing beside the grave like the other day, Sybil. Yes, dear, yes. And like the other day. As I walked towards the grave, he lifted his head and looked straight at me.
0: It was Chris.
3: Honey, the man we saw the other day wasn't Chris. And neither was this one. It, it was Chris.
2: The way you sound, you. You sound as if you actually believe. I do believe.
3: It was Chris. He talked to me. He what? He said. As I came towards him, he held out his arms to me and he said. He said. Hi, Sis. Thanks for coming.
2: And it was his voice? His
3: voice. His face. Oh, Murray, I tell you, it was Chris. It was Chris. To the life. <laughs>
1: Well, if you're shocked, think how shocked Murray Redman must have been. His entire theory that Sybil is trying to have Andrea committed out the window, just like that. On the other hand, Chris couldn't be standing by his own grave, could he? Perhaps we'll find out when I return shortly with Act Three. It is almost axiomatic that at those moments in life when we are absolutely sure we are right, something happens that shocks us with the knowledge that we are absolutely wrong. Assuredly, that is what has just happened to Andrea Carter and Murray Redmond. Convinced that beyond a shadow of a doubt, Andrea's sister Sybil is trying to set her up for commitment to an asylum, they are stunned to realize that this may not be the case at all. (laughs) But, Andrea, what you're saying is impossible. It couldn't have
0: happened. Oh, I tell
3: you, it did, it did, it did. It Murray, did. I'm going to phone Dr. Swanson. Okay. I'm sure you'll come right over. Oh,
2: come on, Andrea, what is the meaning of
3: this? What?
2: Chris is dead. You couldn't have met him at the grade. You couldn't have talked to him.
3: Murray. Murray, please believe me. It happened. It was Chris. It's
2: incredible, inconceivable. You say you talked with him? What did you talk about? What did you say?
3: He said, hi, sis, thanks for coming.
2: And you?
3: For a few minutes, I couldn't say anything. All I could do was just stare at him. And he looked at me and he said, trust me, sis. I'll explain everything in time. I just wanted you to know that I'm alive. And then what happened? And then he said he was going to leave me then. But that I'd see him again soon. And he kissed me on the cheek.
2: Kissed you? Yes.
3: And then he began to walk away. And I started after him. But he turned and then he said, no, no. Don't follow me. You'll understand in time. And I I, I let him go. I let him walk out of my life again. I
2: can't believe any
3: of this. I can't believe it either. But it happened. Oh, Murray, what does it mean? This can't be one of Sybil's tricks. The man I talked to was my brother. I don't know who we buried in that grave, but it couldn't have been Chris.
2: It was. It couldn't. I was there. I was there when they closed the casket. I was one of the pallbearers.
3: Oh, Dr. Swanson's on his way over. How are you feeling, Andrea? Uh, uh, I'll be all right. Would you like a drink now? Oh, yes, I could use one, Sybil. Murray? Yeah,
2: yeah, I could too. Uh, Double, please.
3: Murray, Chris can't be alive, and yet... Murray, we are going to have to open the casket. Oh, no.
2: Sybil's right. Oh, no. I've got a court order this afternoon. Don't look so horrified, Andrea. You don't have to be there.
3: Oh, but yes, I do. Oh, Andrea, why? Because I know what you're thinking. Both of you now. You're thinking I'm out of my mind. I don't. You must. What I've told you is crazy. Well, I want to be there when you open that grave and see for yourself the proof that I'm sane. Or... Or what, dear?
0: Mad! Dark mad!
2: All right, gently, boys. Gently.
3: Open up now, Mr. Redmond.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah.
3: I, I can't look. Uh, that's
2: all right, Sybil. Uh, look, why don't you just go, go over there under the trees. You don't have to look either, Andrea.
3: I must. I must.
0: <sighs> oh. 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 No,
2: stay there, Sybil. Sybil, don't come here. Don't look.
0: All right,
2: close it up, boys. Close it up. Yes, yes, it's Chris And for the last time, Andrea, I do not think you're crazy You're as sane as I
3: am Then my meeting with Chris and talking to him It was a trick Yes But how could it have been done? How could Sybil have managed it?
2: I don't know you said that Sybil is clever. I'd say she's diabolically clever. Uh, Andrea, I brought this along. I I want you to take it, and I want you to keep it near you. A gun? Uh, yeah.
3: Murray, I, I'm scared to death of guns. I, I, I couldn't even touch that thing. Now, listen
2: to me. There's no question in my mind now that Chris's death was not accidental. Sybil... He was pushed off that terrace out there, I'm sure of it. I'm equally sure that Sybil may try to kill you. Oh, no. It's a possibility. Her plan to have you committed is not working out, not as fast as she'd like to. I'm trying to stay just one jump ahead of her. It seems to me she just might try to kill you and make it look like an accident.
0: Like with Chris.
2: Yes. So here, take it. Oh, but... Take it! And keep it near you at all times. You understand? At all times. (laughs)
3: Oh, sorry, Andrea. I hope I didn't wake you. No. Just resting, Sybil. You want something? Well, yes. I thought we might talk. About what? Andrea, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this, about you. And I think you ought to see a psychiatrist. Oh. So does Murray. Anyhow, he doesn't think it would be a bad idea. You've discussed it with Murray, had you? right. I love you. Murray loves you. It was only natural I should go to him for advice. You are lying, and you know it. What are you talking about? You are either trying to drive me out of my mind, or trying to make it look as if I am, so that you can have me committed. Andrea! Everything that's happened to me since Chris's death, which was no accident, Sybil. (laughs) You killed him. I... Everything that's happened since then. Every strange, incredible thing. That business with the cars, the dinner bit... The painting with only three children in it instead of four. Oh, yes. And even my meeting with Chris. Chris, in the flesh. I don't know how you managed that. But it's all been arranged. Every single thing arranged by you. Why should I do such things to to you? To get control of the money that we share jointly. To get Murray for your husband. You are out of your mind. To think that I would do anything so vicious, so depraved. Yes, vicious and depraved, you. (laughs) And when I realized it, when I could no longer hide it from myself, and had to face it, that my sister, the sister I loved devotedly, had murdered our brother, Andrea, and was now tricking me into thinking I was going out of my head. When I realized that, Sybil, I didn't want to live anymore. I wanted to die. Oh, Andrea, I want dear. to die. <laughs> what are you doing? Murray gave me this gun to protect myself with against you. I told him I was scared of guns. I'm afraid even to touch them. But I didn't tell him why. I didn't tell him I was afraid I'd use it on myself. Andrea, no. In I can't go on living, Sybil. <laughs> All that then anything to me is gone. Chris is dead. You've turned on me. You want me dead and out of the way so that you could have the money and Murray. Oh, <laughs> All right, then. You shall have what you want now. Give me that gun. It's, it's gone. gone. Give it No, Give
0: it. <laughs> oh. Sibble. Sibble.
3: Murray, this is Andrea. Yes, Andrea. Murray, I've just killed Sybil.
2: Shall we go now, Andrea? Andrea, dear, the, the, the funeral's over.
3: So is my life. They're both down there now, <laughs> side by side, under the ground. Chris and Sybil.
2: Come on. It's cold, you're sure. Come on now.
3: All right. <laughs> I never thought when I vowed to visit Chris's grave every day, I never thought that in a few short weeks we'd be visiting Sybil.
2: What's the matter? Why have you stopped? Someone.
3: Coming towards us on the path.
0: Look, they're under the trees. What?
3: Oh, God. It looks like... It looks like... Sybil!
2: You're imagining things.
3: No, no, look. It's a woman. You can see her clearly now. Sybil's clothes. The blue suit that she wore. That Sybil's hat. Marie. It is! It can't be, but it is Sybil. <gasps> Why, Andrea. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? I came to visit Chris. Marty.
2: Marty. Easy, Andrea. No, it's
0: Sybil. Oh,
2: no, dear, there's no one here but us. You're imagining things.
0: <laughs> Sybil Sibyl,
3: it's you, isn't it? Of course. You're dead. You're dead. Dead? I'm very much alive, (gasps) as you can see. But I killed
0: you. Shot you to death. My God! We just... You. Come on
2: now, Andrea. I want you home. I'll get you a
0: sedative. She, she's there, I tell you.
2: I don't see anyone.
0: I do, I do. Heaven
3: help me. I'm mad. I'm out of my mind. Oh, Murray, Murray, Help me. I've done a terrible thing and I'm being punished. But you've got to help me. Save me. Terrible
2: thing? What terrible thing, Andrea?
3: I killed Sybil deliberately. I m- murdered her, Murray. I murdered... It's just that I murdered Chris. You? I pushed him off the terrace to his death. I shot Sybil to make it look like an accident. Oh, I knew if I pointed the gun at my head, she'd try to take it away from me. The tricks and all that happened... Sibyl wasn't playing the tricks. I was. You, Andrea? You played those tricks? You hear, Murray? You hear?
2: I'm listening, Andrea.
3: No, no. You heard Sybil! Sybil!
2: There is no Sybil oh, come here. Oh,
3: forgive me, Chris. Forgive me. Sibyl. forgive me. Of course. But why did you do all this? To make it look as if you were trying to get me out of the way, when all the time I was planning to do away with you. <laughs> it was all a trick. It was nothing
0: but a trick.
2: Yes, a trick that backfired, I'm afraid. Backfired on you, Andrea. Wh- what? You heard me correctly. You've been fooled. <laughs> fooled by your own trick.
3: I don't understand, I don't understand. Tell her, Sybil. She. <laughs> She is standing there? Yes, Andrea. I am. And very much alive. What? How? How? Oh, Murray. You tell her. I can't.
2: Andrea, you went too far. You overreached yourself. Your story about meeting Chris clinched things for me. It was impossible. Either you had to be insane, and I knew you weren't, or you had to be lying. And that was when I decided to force your hand and (laughs) use a few tricks of my own.
3: Oh, what about the gun you gave me?
2: It contained blanks. Oh. I took Sybil into my confidence. I had to, and (laughs) she played her part very well.
3: I'm sorry, Andrea, but you did bring it on yourself. Yes. Yes, I did.
2: All right, Andrea. Let's go.
3: No. What? I don't want to go home with you. I'm too ashamed. Please. I don't want to go home.
2: We're not going home, Andrea. We're going
1: to the police. As I said at the outset... The world changes, but people do not. There are those who believe this planet we inhabit is a school. A school where we are sent by God, by providence, what you will, to learn to be better. Experience, of course, is the teacher. A harsh teacher, but an effective one. I think you'll want to know that Sybil Carter is now Mrs. Murray Redmond, and they are very happily married. Andrea is living quietly and comfortably in a sanitarium, for as it turned out, strangely enough, this woman who pretended that her sister was trying to drive her mad really was. Our cast included Beatrice Strait, Paul Hecht, Marion Seldes, and George Petrie.
0: Isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking
3: tire, the S curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers
0: and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark.